There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm John Wigel here with Rob Litterst, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Have you ever thought there was a better way to travel than stressfully clutching your passport everywhere you go? Well, now it seems many airports and airlines are adopting an alternative, biometrics. Facial recognition has seeped into our lives in a lot of places, but could 2024 be the year it really ramps up in the travel industry? We'll chat about that in a bit, but first, let's give you the hits and headlines today across business and tech. First up, Capital One closed a $35.3 billion deal to acquire Discover Financial Services. If approved by antitrust regulators, and that's a big if, the merger would create the U.S.'s largest credit card company. Speaking of acquisitions, Walmart is also buying a TV brand Vizio for $2.3 billion. Walmart, which already carried Vizio products, plans to use the merger to boost its advertising business. So we just kind of talked about two huge mergers. What do you think, Rob, about these acquisitions? Yeah, it seems like it's acquisition season, which is wild. I mean, I think like the biggest topic around acquisitions that we've been talking about lately is how few of them are actually getting through in the tech space, right? It's like, it seems like all of these big acquisitions that have been coming up, I I think the biggest one that happened recently was Adobe and Figma. That's right. been getting rejected by regulators. Yeah. But it seems like there are some and some other kind of tangential areas that are getting approved. I think Capital One and Discover could be a really big deal. I think for a long time now, MasterCard and Visa have been kind of the two dominant credit card networks and payment networks. So this will give Capital One and Discover the chance to catch up there and really become kind of a third competitor in that market. And then on the Walmart side, buying Vizio, I think it's super smart. I was reading about this last week and it sounds like Walmart is hoping to use this as a way to kind of advertise its products, advertise its stores. I think it's a pretty cool kind of vertical integration opportunity where, you know, you can get people watching TVs that are, you know, sending them ads to come back to Walmart yeah. and, and buy other things. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a play that reminds me of Amazon where Amazon's just constantly oh, yeah. trying to infiltrate your home and totally. they've got the fire stick and everything like that. And, and this kind yep. of feels like Walmart's answer to that. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely see it in the Amazon wavelength because Amazon, when you buy things from Amazon now, most of the time I'm buying like Amazon basics, you know, like right. things that they make and they are selling. So by buying the televisions that you're selling, in Walmart's case, just having all the TVs at Walmart or most of them just going to profit you directly. Like, I don't see a problem with that. I think that's a great idea. And this Capital One deal is insane. I don't know how that's going to get past antitrust <laughs> regulations, but right. uh, we'll see. They did just shoot down uh, JetBlue and Spirit and they're, they're kind of working on that still. But I mean, this could be another version of that. Yeah, that is a very good comp because I think if JetBlue and Spirit had merged together, I still think they would have been like the fifth biggest airline collectively or something like that. And it still got rejected, which is weird to me. I don't understand what the argument would be for this to not go through if there's still not going to be a monopoly. Anyway, it's interesting to watch these trends and where kind of regulators are leaning these days. Yeah, definitely. 
Next up, a Washington, D.C. man is suing the lottery after administrators claimed his $340 million Powerball jackpot was a mistake. A contractor said the test numbers it posted to the game's website during an update matched the man's ticket, not the real numbers. And in kind of more of this weird scammy news, Florida investigators allege three people used barcode swapping schemes at self-checkout stations to steal 281 buckets of roof sealer, which is worth over $100,000 from Home Depot stores. Rob, what do you make of these two very interesting stories right here? I always love reading about a grifter. It's, it's always fun to, to see what kind of schemes people are cooking up these days to try to make a buck. And I think the first one with the lottery is super interesting. It doesn't really seem like this guy has much of a case. I mean, it sounds like they posted a test number and not the actual number, <laughs> which I mean, that sucks for this guy. But yeah. at the end of the day, like if it's not the real number, it's not the real number. Think about the roller coaster of emotions oh, this man went through that yeah. day. <laughs> I can't even imagine. You think you're going to be worth $340 million and then all of a sudden you're not? Yeah, that's very tough. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Bad day. On the other hand, the barcode swapping scheme, this is kind of crazy. And I mean, I would think that we would have heard more about schemes that are going on at self-checkout counters before mm -hmm. now. It seems like that has been a pretty solid development that hasn't really resulted yeah. in as much theft as one might think. Maybe I'm being naive there, but I think just given how much kind of free reign people are given in the self-checkout line, it's it's just very surprising to me that we haven't seen more schemes like this. Yeah, I agree. Leave it to Florida, man. Just buckets of roof sealer. <laughs> it truly lives up to uh, the Florida brand. Wow. And finally, Coca-Cola revealed its 10th drink under their, quote, creations initiative. It's called Coca-Cola K-Wave Zero Sugar. Mouthful. The fruity soda is meant to bring the excitement one feels when first becoming a fan of Korean pop music. And that is one way to reach the children. Totally. And on to the main story today. Our big story today is about the pesky travel industry. We've all been in long lines at the airport and we've all had a passport scare or two, but now airports are trying to smooth out their processes with biometrics. Face ID is not really a new concept, but more and more airports are integrating this tech for security measures, and it could very well replace the need for passports in the future. Rob, what do you make of this? Of course, there are probably a lot of privacy concerns, but let's start from the beginning. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, I am very bullish on biometric tech. So I use a password manager, mm -hmm. right? And I don't even know most of my passwords. And honestly, like that is how I feel safest. If oh, yeah. I don't know my passwords, then how the heck is some scammer going to know my passwords? You know what I mean? Like if you make them completely insane chains of just like letters and numbers and whatever yep. characters, it's extremely hard for somebody to hack into your stuff. And I have family members that use the same password for everything. Yep. And they've run into issues mm -hmm. because, you know, their passwords are not hard to guess and hackers have found them. So like all that stuff is super real. I am very bullish on biometric tech. And I think the more it takes off, the better. I love what Apple's doing on the iPhone. And I'm super excited about this at airports. I think airports just getting through lines is such a drag. And if you can do it faster and more easily and more seamlessly, it'll be great. It will reduce some of those conversations with the folks at TSA, which I always enjoy. Yeah. This article in the New York Times talks about how this year really could be the tipping point for it, even though facial recognition tech has been around since 2019. 
Yeah. Are there programs currently that use this? Because I think the only time that I've experienced it is coming back actually via global entry usually into the United States. But are there any kind of domestic carriers that are using this so far? I've never actually used this at the airport. I do have global entry, but I haven't used it in a while. So I wonder if it's more recently that they implemented it there. But Could be. to your point, Delta Digital ID allows pre-check members to scan their faces instead of boarding passes and IDs at four U.S. airports. So it's kind of a small sample size pilot right now. United Airlines lets pre-check travelers use their faces at select bag drop counters. So they're kind of piloting this too. Mm -hmm. American Airlines flyers can get into the Dallas airport lounge with just their faces. And there are 30 U.S. airports that are already using TSA facial screening verification and about 400 more that have committed to joining. So it does look like biometric tech is here to stay and definitely on the way. But at this point, as you can see from those examples, we're still kind of in the testing phase and I think in like the early part of the rollout. Yeah, it seems also like the U.S. is kind of the last bastion for this because around the world, it seems like things are really ramping up with this tech. Like we have this CETA report here about airlines and airport security and like IT and how that 70% of global airlines will use biometric tools for identification by 2026. That's so soon. Yeah, it's crazy how fast they see this rolling out. And to your point, you're 100% right. The US is behind here. Singapore's Changi Airport is going passport free for all departures. Germany's Frankfurt airport lets passengers use their faces for the entire travel process. Wow. And in China, 86% of the country's international airports use biometric tech. Beijing Capital International Airport lets travelers use their faces at every step of their trip, including checking out at duty-free stores. So this tech has been rolled out and in usage internationally much more so than it has been in the U.S. And the benefits and perks are huge. I mean, it can save a ton of time. Definitely. It cuts over a minute from the bag drop process, 15 seconds off security interactions. It's one of those things where that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you scale that across a long line of people, it cuts down on the time that you're waning meaningfully. And it means that most people can sleep in a little bit more. Oh, definitely. And from a lot of personal experiences, U.S. airports are the ones that I wait the most in. Totally. International airports, like we talked about Changi Airport in Singapore. Mm -hmm. I landed there last year, got through security in about five minutes. That's incredible. It was the shortest I've ever done. It had the facial recognition software. I just walked right through, picked up my bag and left. And it was so great. Uh, very much unlike your uh, JFK visits and stuff like that. I have the most waiting times at the hub airports in the U.S. So Dallas-Fort Worth mm. is the hub for American Airlines. Right. Chicago is the hub for United Airlines. And Atlanta is the hub for Delta. And those are the three airports. I swear, anytime I'm in one of those, I am waiting forever. Like I, in the last five years, I've had to wait at each of those airports for an inordinate amount of time. Yeah. And it seems like given that there are these hubs, they'd be the most efficient. But at the end of the day, it's like they just have the most flights that it gets super messy. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to manage. I don't know. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. But for here in the US, is there anything kind of holding us back from getting that? Because that would be nice to have. So one of the things that I think has probably slowed this down a little bit is there's a 2001 congressional mandate that required airports to add systems that allow for biometric identification for all travelers coming in or out of the U.S. Mm -hmm. The rollout is finished for U.S. entries. It scanned 113 million of them last year and will be available for all departures by 2026, which sounds very, very soon, like you said earlier. Okay. Like you mentioned at the top though, you know, this tech is not without its downsides. There are concerns about the ramifications for privacy and surveillance mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. 
I don't know if I'm like out here on an island by myself, but I generally believe the classic Facebook line. If you don't have to pay, then you're the product. I'm honestly like, just take my data. Like other than my passwords and like my payment data, like right. I don't care if you have like my browsing history and like all that stuff. Right. It's right. totally fine. I, I feel like a citizen of the internet and I guess it probably is a little bit different with biometrics and if people can steal that identity information sure. and use it in nefarious ways, that's obviously pretty scary. But I personally have not heard any horror stories about that yet. I think that there's a whole part of this as well that's about, it's going to happen anyways, I feel like, right, no matter right. what you feel about it, if you like it, if you don't like it. Like, there are so many systems that are actively trying to do this in the U.S. and internationally. What I think I'm mainly concerned about is the ability that people have to potentially opt out. Right. And if you opt out of it, is that kind of a red flag on you and your identification? Because right. if you don't want to give your identification to somebody, I don't know, they're probably going to think you're doing something pretty shady if you're coming to this country or that country, you know? So right. there's kind of a lot of hurdles, I feel like, to kind of jump through this at the end of the day to get to where we want to be with this. Right. All right. And that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at the hustle.co slash email and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.